2: And you are, I mean, literally just a couple of days away from the holy season of Christmas. God is so very good. We're going to have a great show today. Uh, bishop Athanasius Schneider is going to be our guest. He is the auxiliary bishop in Astana in Kazakhstan. And we had him on the last time was back in like June, June, maybe late May, early June, when we discussed the pending moto proprio traditionis custodis, which... Uh, It basically came out on the very day that we had him on. Um, Well, we have him back, and we just got word on Saturday that the Congregation for um, Divine Worship has issued its response to dubia, which is basically questions that the bishops submit and want clarification on. They've given clarification on Traditionis Custodis, which seems like a a hammer blow to, to Catholics of traditional... Uh, sentiment, Catholics who desire and want the traditional patrimony and and piety and sacraments and life of the Church, and so we've asked Bishop Athanasius Snyder to come on today to give us his input into all of this and what this could mean uh, for future uh, for the Catholics, especially, like I think, of my own family. I got two kids about to receive the Sacrament of Confirmation, Uh, We we were planning and preparing and going to uh, classes for the traditional form of that uh, sacrament. Are they going to be able to still receive that? I don't know. We're going to find out. So anyway, that's coming up at 35 past the hour. There are, as I say, a few stories in the uh, headlines today that are of great concern to me, to include the Satanic Temple mocking the nativity again, again, again. Well, maybe uh, conversate about that. Chuck Norris weighs in on uh, a big chunk, huge chunk of evangelicals not believing in the existence of God the Son prior to the nativity. Hmm, really? And then, of course, New York state legislation is desperately trying to pass this new law that allows for indefinite quarantines of those that they deem are a hazard to public health. So, all of that coming up at 15 past the hour. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Rudy, are you there? <laughs> well, Rudy, hopefully you'll be able to join us from California today. Uh good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca.
3: Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here, praise be to God. Any idea what's going on with Rudy? No clue. I mean, he was we were talking to him before the show and so uh we were hearing him. Now we're not. So and I no, guess we'll have to figure that out during now uh, in the next couple seconds. And now we're not. <laughs> Especially
2: since he's got to do the headline news yeah. coming up here in just a few, a few moments. But by the way, we're also going to have uh, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, breaking news, of course. And then we'll play our game show in the second hour. If anybody can join us in the second hour, we'd love to have you. We give out prizes with our Fear and Trembling Catholic Trivia game show. So that's coming up. And because this week is a shorter week, we'll be giving out that prize tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken, right? Well, I think tomorrow is our last live show for the week. So uh, your chances are pretty good if you get in today or tomorrow of winning this week's prize. So look forward to that. Praise be to God. Plus, not I, I don't know if I've mentioned this. I think I have. We're trying to give somebody a Mercedes. You know, it could be you. You could possibly drive away in a brand-new Mercedes come February. If you would like information on how that might be possible, I encourage you to check out our website, grnonline.com, and uh, get the latest information. If you scroll down, you'll be able to see a picture of a Mercedes. Click on that. All the details are right there of how you could possibly win and drive off in a brand-new Mercedes. All proceeds benefit Our radio apostolate. So thank you in advance. GRNONLINE.com. Rudy, are you there? Still not there. Well, yeah, Rudy, just connect with us via Zoom. I don't know. (laughs) What is it about tech problems that that continue to play? There you go. I I hear 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 you, Rudy. Are you there, Rudy? I heard him for a second. Anyway, maybe it's now his headphones aren't plugged into the correct Testing one, two, three. There we
4: go. Here he is. Oh, man. You know, it always happens at the worst time, huh? It does.
2: Yeah. Murphy's Law. It does. Yeah. Murphy's Law. Uh, Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Rudy. Uh, It's good to have you on, finally, now that we... uh, Thank you. Hopefully you're ready for the breaking news story today. I am. I am. Anything surprising to you in the news? Yeah, you know what? There's a story coming
4: out from uh, Mexico of some activists smuggling abortion pills up north, and also offering to traffic people down uh, so that they can get an abortion. What? So, yeah, that's, uh, that's concerning. Very, very concerning. Uh, with the border crisis the way it is, so wow. It's a well, really degenerate
2: time to be alive. Yeah, well, it's a great opportunity. <laughs> To suffer, to do penance, and to pray for the conversion of countless souls and to uh, to offer up our sufferings with a joyful heart. That is the way of the saint, right? So plenty of opportunity to become saints today. Um, I wanted to mention, too, real quick before we pray and dive in, that uh, tomorrow we're going to be covering a bit of the Ukrainian story. Uh, the Russian army continues to be on the border of Ukraine, and there continues to be an actual armed conflict at the border that goes underreported, in my opinion, So we're looking forward to covering a bit of that story tomorrow as well, as we recorded a conversation with Dr. Michael Barber on the true meaning of Christmas and his new book that's come out. So that's going to come up this week as well. So tons of great content still headed your way this week. But today we're going to talk about Traditionis Custodis, the dubia and the response to the CDW and the hammer that feels heavy upon traditional Catholics with Bishop Athanasius Snyder. Let's pray, let's dive in, let's get started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, But in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now your headlines with Brady Carlos.
4: Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Brady Carlos. And here's your headline news this morning. Breitbart reports Omicron chaos. Democrats warn Biden may need second COVID stimulus. Despite Biden's 2020 promise that he would shut down the virus before announcing in July the United States was closer to declaring our independence from a deadly virus, the appearance of the Omicron variant has caused Democrats to wonder if additional coronavirus aid is necessary. The Omicron variant is already affecting restaurants, Senator Kristen Cinema told The Washington Post. Even a small decrease in business can cause independent restaurants to close their doors. We saw this starkly at the beginning of COVID last spring. I think Omicron certainly complicates that. Huh, I wonder who told them to close the restaurants down in the first place. New York Post reports jury begins deliberating in Jelaine Maxwell sex trafficking trial. Jurors began deliberating Monday Monday, whether Jelaine Maxwell did in fact serve as Jeffrey Epstein's partner in crime by recruiting and grooming young girls for him to sexually abuse. The 12-person panel will review more than two weeks of testimony as six as they weigh six counts against the former British socialite, including sex trafficking of a minor and sex trafficking conspiracy, Maxwell faces a maximum of 70 years in federal prison if convicted on all accounts. In her closing statements, assistant U.S. attorney Allison Moe insisted Maxwell played an integral role in the scheme hatched by Epstein in the pursuit of underage girls. Maxwell was Jeffrey Epstein's right hand, Moe said, referring to the pair as partners in crime, as persecutors did their opening statement on November 29th. Epic Times reports Archdiocese sues LAUSD claims federal funds withheld from Catholic schools The Catholic District uh, the Catholic the Catholic the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Los Angeles is suing the city's school district saying it prevented Catholic schools in low-income areas from receiving federal funds for years by frequently changing the qualifications and paperwork process for applying schools The disagreement between the Archdiocese and the the Los Angeles Unified School District began in 2018 when the Archdiocese claimed that the LAUSD kept abruptly changing the process for applying for what is known as Title I federal funds, which provide financial assistance to schools with high numbers of low-income students. Title I requires that local school districts such as the LAUSD provide private schools with Title I funding that are equitable to those provided to eligible public schools children, according to the state's education department. And Newsmax reports Ted Cruz renews call to secure border after potential terrorists apprehended. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you.
3: The saint of the day is, well, I'll tell you, we have two saints of the day. The first saint of the day is Blessed Adrian. Huh? Pretty cool, huh? Born in the 13th century, it's a long, it's a long one. Dominican martyr Adrian and 27 others were executed by Muslims for confessing Christ. And that is your first saint of the day. The other saint of the day is Saint Peter Canisius. Was born on May 8, 1521. At the age of 19, he received a master's degree from the University of Cologne, and soon afterwards joined the Society of Jesus. What have I done by the time 19? I was 19. Besides this reflective literary bent, Peter had a zeal for the apostles. He would often be found visiting the sick or imprisoned, even when his assigned duties were in other areas. In 1547, Peter attended several sessions of the Council of Trent, whose decrees he was later assigned to implement. After a brief teaching assignment at the Jesuit College at Messina, Peter was entrusted with a mission to Germany. From that point on, his life's work he taught in several universities and was instrumental in establishing many colleges and seminaries. He wrote a catechism that explained the Catholic faith in a way that common people could understand a great need in that age. He was renowned as a popular preacher. Peter packed churches with those eager to hear his eloquent proclamations of the gospel. He had a great diplomatic ability, often serving as a reconciler between disputing factions. In his letters filling eight volumes, one finds words of wisdom and counsel to people in all walks of life. At times, he wrote unprecedented letters of criticism to leaders of the church, yet always in the context of a loving, sympathetic concern. At the age of 70, Peter suffered a paralytic seizure, but he continued to preach and write with the aid of a secretary until his death in his hometown in the Netherlands on December 21, 1597. St. Peter Cantius. Pray for us. Praise be to God
2: in all things. The Gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. Mary set out in those days and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Most blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Origen would say, For Jesus, who was in her womb, hastened to sanctify John, still in the womb of his mother. Going on to say, He was not filled with the Spirit until she stood near him who bore Christ in her womb. Then indeed, he was both filled with the Spirit and, leaping, imparted the grace to his own mother origin there. Pretty powerful look into this incredible moment, but I love the parallels in particular of this this passage. If you go back to 2 Samuel 6 and you start to compare these key details of going in haste to the hill country, the Ark of the Covenant staying three months in the house of Obed-Edom, and the fact of it, that how holy it was, what it contained, how David leapt for joy in front of it, and you start to pull the pieces together and you realize that 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 what we are being shown here is that Our Lady is something incredibly unique and special in all of creation history. She is, in fact, the Ark of the New Covenant. She is the Mother of God. She is blessed, just as the Old Testament uh, used these same blessing formulas for Jael and Judith, who both crushed the heads of the enemies of Israel, so Our Lady will ultimately crush the head of Satan himself. It is a powerful look when you start to dive deep in in sacred scripture. The Venerable B would say, Mary is blessed by Elizabeth with the same words as before by Gabriel to show that she was to be reverenced by both men and angels. Our Lady is unique, she is special. She is the kekare Tomene, the full of grace, the only person, as we said yesterday, to be referenced in all of sacred scripture as by a title. That title makes her the Gibi-Ra, the Gibi-Ra. You don't know what that is? Well, let me challenge you. Go look up the Gibi-Ra. Google that. Figure that out. What is the Gibi-Ra? Maybe I'll tell you more about that coming up in the next hour, but... Right after this very short break, what's concerning us is coming up next. Don't forget, Bishop Athanasius Schneider is coming on at 35 past. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time. We'll be right back.
3: Howdy. This is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
0: Protestants believe Christians can be absolutely sure they're going to heaven because John tells us in 1 John 5.13, I write this that you may know you have eternal life. But is this true? The answer is no, and here are some reasons why. First, John writes in the next verse, and this is the confidence which we have in him. For John, the knowledge we have of our salvation is not a certainty without doubt, but a confident assurance, and that's the Catholic belief. Second, we know this is what John means because in verse 15, he draws a parallel between our knowledge of salvation and our knowledge that God grants our requests. Do we have absolute certitude that God will grant our requests? No, but we are confident he will answer. So, Catholics need not worry. John is not teaching Protestant doctrine here. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers,
2: Catholic.com. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Bishop Athanasius Schneider is going to be our guest. We're going to have a conversation around the CDW, the Congregation for Divine Worship, and their response to the dubia, not the not the original dubia that never got responded to, but this new dubia in regards to Traditionis Custodius that seems... Not very pastoral, especially if you happen to have a great love and affection for the traditions of Holy Mother Church. So we're going to have a conversation around what this means, what is the impact, what are the options. We want to remain obedient, and yet at the same time, uh, we want to know what in the world... Anyway, that's coming up at 35 past the hour. There are, as I say, a few stories in the headlines that are of great concern to me. Um, and I'm sure to you as well. Here's a one, real quick. Uh, New York legislature provides for indefinite detention of unvaccinated at governor's whim. Hmm. This is uh, an article out of the National Pulse. I'll read a little to you. It says In the next legislative session beginning January the 5th, 2022, The New York Senate and Assembly could vote on a bill that would grant permissions to remove and detain cases, contacts, carriers and anyone suspected of presenting a, quote, significant threat to public health, unquote, and remove them from public life on an indefinite basis. Kind of reminds me of that video out yesterday of the guy trying to buy food at Panera Bread, but because he didn't want to show his vac status because he only wanted food, he was hauled off by several police officers in a in a. Uh, what do you call that a tussle, a kerfuffle i don 't even know, but it was rather crazy all the same Adrian, by the way yeah i 'm sharing my desktop bill uh, the article goes on to say Bill a four sixteen presents a serious risk to the basic liberties of all Americans in the state of New York, including their right to choose whether or not to receive medical treatment and vaccinations related to thus far undetermined contagious diseases. The bill gives the governor of New York his or her delegates, including but now limited to the commissioner and heads of local health departments, the right to remove and detain any individuals or groups of people through issuing a single order. The orders only have to include the individual's names or, quote, reasonable specific descriptions of the individuals or groups or groups," unquote. Did you catch that? It only has to include their names or a description. They're 5-4 wearing blue jeans and a black shirt. Is that good enough? I have no idea. And neither does anybody. It's vague. It's very, very vague. That's a problem. That is a deep problem. The article goes on to say the department can decide to hold a person or group of people in medical facility or any other they deem appropriate. The language is purposefully vague. Though the bill attempts to state that no one shall be held for more than 60 days, the language allows for court orders to waive this maximum detention time. After 60 days, the court is allowed an additional 90 days to consider the detention of an individual, a cycle that can last indefinitely, per the opinion of the department. You can read the rest of the article over at the National Pulse. Now, here's the good news about this story I am looking it up on the New York State Senate website. And as of right now, this bill, which is not new, to be honest, it's kind of been around for a bit, and it hasn't made much progress. Praise be to God. This bill number A416 is in committee right now in New York in their legislature. Let us pray that this does not get passed. We do not need these types of COVID camps that Australia now enjoys in the United States. Let's pray for uh, for this to to not make it much further, I found it very interesting in another article that uh, Chuck Norris, that's right, the Chuck Norris, uh, is commenting on an article right now over at WND. Uh, the headline goes: Most Americans don't believe Jesus existed before the manger. He's quoting a a Lifeway research re, uh, poll. A Lifeway, uh, it's not like a chain of bookstores, Protestant bookstores. I don't really know, to be honest with you. But he's quoting a LifeWay research poll where the results said that the average person isn't quite as sure about the Son of God's existence prior to Jesus's birth. Around 41% say God's Son existed before Jesus was born in Bethlehem. 32% of Americans disagree and 28% say they are not sure. 32% 32% say they disagree, Americans disagree, that Jesus ex- existed, God existed before uh, the Nativity. That is very, very troubling. And I this goes to, I think, why the necessity for the consistent teaching of Holy Mother Church down from the original source, through his apostles, his bishops, and down to our age. This is why, through the ages, the Church has fought vigorously against heresies. For instance, Arianism. Uh, Theotokos, uh, are the Church had to come together to dialogue, to debate, and to decide what it actually believes about Our Lady, not for her sake as much as for the sake of having clarity for her son. She is the mother of God, the God-bearer, Theotokos, because her son is, in fact, God, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, and he always existed. Always existed. It wasn't as though the nativity began Jesus. That is not how that works. He is incarnate. He has taken on flesh and dwelt among us. And that is a mystery that our simple and feeble minds cannot wrap our heads around. But nonetheless, it is not surprising to me to see so many people in our world today lack the true and fundamental understanding of faith and have faith at all. We are seeing a decline, in fact, not only inside the Church of the last 50 years, that those Kara statistics make it very clear that uh, the Church is declining in an incredible way. People are leaving in droves, uh, but don't fear, we're going to put an end to that TLM for you. Don't you worry. I tease, but at the same time, our priorities seem very skewed these days, and here we have a crisis of faith. You know, on Catholic radio, uh, which, as you know, you're listening to right now, we used to have great conversations back in the day about why the Catholic Church teaches this thing or that thing, and where we find those things referenced in, in Sacred Scripture, because our Protestant listeners would be very concerned about having a biblical basis and foundation for our doctrines. And we would have these conversations all the time on Catholic Radio. Why do you worship Mary, for instance? Why do you call your priest father when Matthew 23 says, call no man father? We would; Those were the conversations we were having all the time. Now, what's the conversation now? The conversation is, why should I believe it all? I mean, you could quote scripture all you wish. These people have no faith. And so, therefore, scripture means less to them than it did in the past. We're seeing a decline, and so that uh, that need for a conversion of the world is greater now than it has been in many, many decades. So let us pray. Chuck Norris, of course, being an evangelical, uh, he, he is commenting on this, and you could read that article for yourself. It's linked up over at WND.com. But I want to switch to this while we still have time. This is an article in front of me right now by Breitbart. The headline goes, Satanic Temple display features deity Baphomet as babe in a manger. Here's the article. The Illinois Capitol Rotunda features an installation that showcases the Satanic Temple's deity Baphomet, a winged goat creature displayed as a babe swaddled in a manger. Uh, The quoting here uh, from a, I think this is a Twitter uh, tweet from from the Satanic Temple, it says, the TST invites you to our sole Invictus tradition of displaying baby Baphomet at the Capitol building in Springfield, Illinois. Come spread the message of harmony and unity. Oh, my heavens, this is so horrible. Hopefully, Bishop Pop Rocky, calling out the bishop directly here, hopefully, Bishop Pop Rocky will join our effort in spreading the message to the community. Now, that was posted yesterday at 1 p.m. The article goes on to say the Satanic Temple, uh, TST, it says, Holidays, di- holiday display for Sol Invictus was installed on Monday alongside those of Christian faith groups celebrating Christmas. Bishop Thomas Poprocki of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Springfield, who dedicated the nativity scene at the Capitol Rotunda, condemned the Satanic public displays, reported the state journal register. Praise be to Jesus. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you, Bishop, because that's exactly what needs to happen. Satanic installations, Poprocky said, quote, should have no place in this capital or any other place. Close quote. Praise be to God. Thank you, Bishop Poprocky. Andrew Hansen, a spokesperson for the diocese, also said in a statement mocking the, Illinois, the millions, mocking the millions of Christians in the state of Illinois and billions around the world by depicting the baby Jesus this Christmas with the quote satanic deity and quote Baphomet is the very definition of evil causing division. But that is to be expected from an organization that is in existence to troll people of faith. Close quote. And now that is a great point. And essentially, the article goes on to explain that this satanic temple is not a real religious group. They only use the imagery of Satanism to mock people of faith, to mock Christians in particular. That is their goal. And the article states this, and their own people acknowledge this point. Uh, even says, quoting them, "...nor do we believe in the existence of Satan or the supernatural. The Satanic temple believes that religion can and should be divorced from superstition." Blah, blah, blah. It goes on. You can read this for yourself over at Breitbart. But here's the point. Uh, Bishop Rocky, uh, I, I I applaud you. Thank you for standing up for truth. Because in an age where we all want to get along, in an age where everything is equal... And there are no priorities. You know, uh, everything is considered the same. All religions the same. It is important for truth to prevail. Truth is a person. As Jesus would say himself in John chapter 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That he is the only way to the Father. You can't get there any other way but through him. We don't say that as a way of being mean to other people. We say that because it is true. And the greatest form of charity is to share truth with the world. It's not just to feed them, to clothe them, to care for them. Those things we must do. But we can't only do those things. We can't simply just be concerned with with creation, but we have to be concerned with the Creator. And that Creator has, has given us the mission, out of great charity and love for souls, to spread truth, to spread Jesus Christ Himself to a dark world that needs that light. And this trolling of these people, this mocking of faith, mocking the incarnate Word Himself, a stand needs to be taken there. And so I applaud Bishop Paparaki for making clear statements on this and not allowing more vagueness and confusion among the lay faithful to not know where we stand or what to do, because as the even the even the evangelicals acknowledge now, they have no clue what to believe and what not to believe. Faith is a crisis right now that is the crisis in our world today that needs to be addressed faith itself, because the world is burning around us, and what it desperately needs is Christ himself. It needs the incarnate Word taking upon flesh, laid in the feeding trough to become food for our very salvation, the Holy Eucharist. That is what the world needs, and we are sitting here pretending as though truth is relative. It is not relative. It is not. Truth is a person. It is Jesus Christ, and it lacks charity to pretend otherwise. So thank you, Bishop Pop Rocky. Thank you, uh, Tradition, Family, and Property TFP guys for, for also uh, going out and rallying against these types of things. They do it all the time all over the country, and we're very grateful to them for it. Praise be to God. And by the way, we're going to address the soul Invictus thing on the 23rd of this week to, uh, with uh, Bishop Michael Barber. There's not as much uh, evidence there as would be purported. All that is coming out. Still more after this break. And Bishop Athanasius Schneider, don't go anywhere.
0: Are the biblical miracles too far-fetched to believe? Dead people rising, blind people seeing? How can a rational person believe such things? Well, it might seem irrational to believe relative to our general background knowledge, but relative to specific evidence, the obstacle of improbability can be overcome. For example, it's improbable for someone to rise from the dead. But if there were credible eyewitness testimonies, as in the case with Jesus, then belief would be rationally justified. Second, many skeptics often don't consider the improbability of the reported miracle being false. With regard to Jesus' resurrection, it's unreasonable to believe the apostles died for what they knew to be a lie or that many different people had the same hallucination at the same time on different occasions. So miracles are not too far-fetched to believe if there is sufficient evidence to justify belief. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com
4: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos. Here's your headline news this morning. Lifeset reports top Pfizer and Moderna shareholders get richer quickly, make $10 billion the week after Omicron hits. The top eight Pfizer and Moderna shareholders saw their combined wealth rise by $10 billion on a, in a seven-day windfall after the Omicron variant was discovered, according to a report in the Daily Mail. Reacting to the news, Irish Senator Sharon Cohen said that Politicians need to check the stock market and join the dots in, asser- in assessing who benefits from the global response to COVID, and to cease making the participation of people in society contingent upon the consumption of the product of a private company under the direct or indirect threat of force. LifeSite, Repo- LifeSite News, Life News reports: Christian groups ask Supreme Court to block Biden's unlawful COVID vaccine mandate. Reuters reports Russia presses for urgent U.S. response on security guarantees, Russia said on Monday it urgently needs a response from the united states on its sweeping security demands and again warned of a possible russian military response unless it saw political action to assuage its concerns moscow which has what which has unnerved the west with a troop building build up near ukraine last week unveiled a wish list of security proposals it wants to negotiate including a promise nato would give up any military activity in eastern europe and ukraine and The Blaze reports abortion activists plan to sh- shuttle women into Mexico to terminate pregnancies, smuggle abortion pills into the U.S. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you.
2: Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Joining us right now from Kazakhstan is His Excellency Bishop Athanasius Schneider, Auxiliary Bishop of Estania. Good morning to you, or in your case, good evening to you, Bishop. Thank you for your time.
5: Good morning to you. <laughs>
2: Praise be to God. We're very grateful for you being on with us. Uh, uh, this this new uh, directive, this response to the out of the CDW, the Congregation for Divine Worship, has made it very concerning, or continues to be very concerning to many Catholics who love the traditional forms of piety and the sacraments and faith, and... Uh, And I want to get your initial comments there. They're they're saying, quote, the sole purpose of preserving the gift of ecclesial communion by walking together with conviction of mind and heart in the direction indicated by the Holy Father, close quote. What are your initial uh, thoughts and reaction to this response to the duvia?
5: Well, uh, the first impression is that this text, these measures, they open old wounds because uh, what the work of Pope John Paul II, which he did uh, in 84 and then in 88, granting generously the use of the old liturgy and even John Paul II in 88 was encouraging bishops and said to them, please, be open and wide and uh, in giving permissions to your faithful and praise to celebrate the old traditional liturgy. And then even more, uh, Pope, uh, as we know, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, in 2007, made this epochal, a uh, much Summoro pontificum, where he generously opened the door of the gates of the great treasure of the Roman church with the old liturgy, which was accumulated not in 50 years, but in a millennium. And he stated that both traditions, both forms have to be venerated and respected. And so, but this document now specifically the last, the recent one is uh, completely um, destroying uh, the work of peace, and true reconciliation, which began Pope John Paul II and Benedict XVI, it is, it is a glaring contradiction and a, even only a statement of authority and force to say this document is, uh, will help the church unity. This is simply a, a glaring contradiction of reality.
3: Your Excellency, will you continue saying your pontifical masses? Or because the directives seem to indicate that no bishop will be allowed to say the traditional mass, at least in the pontifical form of the mass, which is a mass for bishops for those who don't know, uh, will you continue saying it?
5: No, this is not uh, stated in the document. The document only states that the use of the Pontificale Romanum, uh, we have to distinguish. Uh, This is the book called the Pontificale Romanum. There are the the pontifical rites of the sacraments, uh, with exception of the sacrament of penance, of course, and uh, last function and the baptism, but the other and other um, consecrations of churches and so on. Uh, This is now prohibited to use for the bishops, But uh, the pontifical mass of a bishop is strictly only uh, reserved to the holy mass, the celebration of the holy mass. And there is nothing, no prohibition in the document that there could be not solemn masses or pontifical masses. Therefore, uh, every bishop can continue to celebrate a pontifical high mass.
2: Bishop Athanasius Schneider is our guest, he is uh, with the Astana in Kazakhstan, he's the auxiliary bishop there, talking about this directive that came out of the CDW, uh, this answer to uh, a dubia, the questions of bishops asking about how to implement Traditionis Custodius, and um, we're wondering, Your Excellency, whether or not there seems to be some debate over whether or not these directives apply to the Ecclesia Dei Communities. Um, It would seem that they would, uh, but yet we're seeing, for instance, the FSSP saying that they do not. What say you? Do these directives apply to the Ecclesia Dei communities?
5: Uh, It is difficult to answer because it's not so much clear in the text. So they are not mentioned there explicitly. And... um, Especially the, the the important point are the ordinations in the old rite, which is for these communities a uh, neuralgic point. So there has to be cleared. I'm I i do not know exactly,
4: Your Excellency. Um, I was wondering. You know, there's always talk about obedience when any of these documents come out, and uh, oftentimes uh, that disobedience becomes disordered. Uh, many people flock to the Latin Mass because it nourishes their spiritual needs. Um, if they were barred from going to the Mass of the Ages or priests barred from saying the Mass in this way, would it be licit uh, for them to disregard the restrictions of this document if they thought it would endanger their faith or the the faith of those in, entrusted to them?
5: Yes, I think because the, the how do you say, the, highest law in the church, the supreme law, is the salvation of souls. And when this form of prayer, which was cherished and transmitted by their forefathers and by the saints, is really nourishing their union with God, uh, they have the right to do this. And in this case, the uh, simple legalistic view, positivistic legalistic view, is subordinated to this uh, authentic uh, spiritual need of the faithful, because as our Lord said, otherwise we will we will become Pharisees and scribes who are attached to the letter of the law and say we have this law and you have to die according to this law. No, and uh, because Our Lord, even to the Sabbath law, our Lord said that the Sabbath, uh, the law is not superior to the good of man. Therefore, man was not created for the Sabbath only, but the Sabbath is given to the man to improve his life. So it is subordinated, this law, even of the Sabbath. And the same, we can apply to this restrictive discriminatory violent measures against so many good and righteous Catholics.
2: What about, there seems to be several items within this direction, these questions and answers from the CDW. that seemed to be contradictory to the original purpose. One of the things that the Traditionis Custodus document from His Holiness mentioned was the desire to bring control back to bishops themselves over the liturgy. And yet now they're being directed to, uh, they're not even allowed to have certain things in their church bulletins without permission. Uh, it seems like the control is being given back to Rome over all dioceses over the planet. What say you, Bishop Athanasius?
5: Yes, it is evident contradiction. Uh, everyone who, has still a, who is still an objective observer and, and uh, looks upon this, it is a contradiction. And on the other side, Rome is uh, the Vatican, after Vatican II, and especially Pope Francis, is always pleading and promoting the decentralization. It means that to give more power to the bishops, and that Vatican should not interfere so much. But this is only one-sided. So the decentralization, for Francis, is giving to promote a liberal agenda. So mm-hmm. when some when they will promote a liberal agenda, they can do what they want. They have more, authority, more autonomy. Hold that yeah. thought.
2: Hold that. I'm sorry, Your Excellency. We have to go to a very quick break. But we're going to be right back, and we'll pick up right there. Bishop Athanasius Snyder is our guest. We're talking about the Traditionis Custodius Dubia response. All that coming up right now.
6: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. <laughs> have you ever heard someone say, The Catholic Church is too condemning. It needs to practice more tolerance. G.K. Chesterton says, the other word for tolerance is indifference, and the other word for indifference is apathy. The Catholic Church cannot afford to be apathetic. It cannot afford to be tolerant of evil. It has to be consistent in opposing what is wrong and defending what is right. And the Church especially cannot afford to tolerate social evils that are condoned by the state. Why? because sooner or later, it'll be turned against the church. History has shown this to be true more than once. Chesterton says there have been times in history when the church has been wedded to the world, but it has always been widowed by the world. Want more than a minute?
2: Chesterton.org GloryAndShine.com A generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Bishop Athanasius Schneider is our guest. He is the Auxiliary Bishop of Astana in Kazakhstan. And we are talking about the CDW's response to the dubia over the Traditiones Custodis and what feels doesn't feel very pastoral, let me just put it that way, to many of the of us in the traditional community, Uh, It does not feel pastoral. In fact, it feels quite the opposite of a pastoral approach. But uh, Your Excellency, once again, thank you for being on with us. I wanted to give you an opportunity to finish what you were saying before I cut you off before the break. But I also want to ask you about canon law and how this kind of complicates some things that are in canon law. Um, Did you want to finish what you were saying first?
5: Yes. I said that the decentralization was a common issue and agenda during the council, the Vatican II and after, and specifically of Pope Francis. But this is only one-sided, given the condition if they will be promoted by the bishops and the local churches and liberal agenda. But when a bishop or a community is promoting the traditional uh, intentions of the faith and the liturgy, in this only case, there is now applied an extreme uh, centralism, Roman centralism, and taking away even the usual powers of a bishop in a unusual, unheard centralism. And this is uh, evident. So. This I would add, and now I am open to your next question. Um, Code of Canon Law number
2: 87 says, "...a diocesan bishop, whenever he judges that it contributes to their spiritual good, is able to dispense the faithful from universal and particular disciplinary laws issued for his territory or his subjects by the supreme authority of the church he is not able to dispense however from procedural or penal laws nor from those whose dispensation is specially reserved to the apostolic see or some other authority my question your excellency is is it possible for a diocesan bishop to to come to the conclusion that this this uh, direction from the Holy See is too heavy-handed, and out of a desire for pastoral accompaniment would want to provide for Catholics within his diocese a community like FSSP or Institute of Christ the King or some other means to provide the traditional form of piety, of the sacraments, and of tradition itself. Uh, is it possible to utilize this Code of Canon Law for that purpose, or no?
5: I think yes. Yes because the, the, the good of the souls is here as a primacy and the bishop, he is uh, himself in direct contact with his faithful and priests, and he can better judge the spiritual good of this his flock than the Pope in Rome who has a more general overview. He has not the concrete overview and therefore God established by divine right Uh, The bishops also, they are not employees uh, of a great uh, NGO uh, uh, company and the Pope is not the boss of his employees. No, this is not Catholic (laughs) doctrine. It is not the divine structure of the church. Therefore, God established the episcopacy The bishops are from divine right. And therefore, the Pope has to respect these. If a bishop is not nothing doing against the faith, not diminishing the faith, when he is not promoting blasphemies or uh, irregularities in the celebration, which are today so spread, but only the piety in an older form, the Pope has... Uh, no authority to prohibit this, he will uh, abuse his papal authority. God gave not Peter to dominate um, over his brothers as as, uh, a boss. And therefore the Holy See, the Pope has to respect this. And therefore I think the the singular bishop, when he considers this uh, necessary, for his flock to dispense from these restrictive norms of these new guidelines of the Holy See. uh, Your Excellency, you
3: know, I am thinking of the part in in this response where they specifically say that all these priests are required to concelebrate. If a priest, and now I'm also thinking of the Institute of, of the Good Shepherd, where they said they will not be obeying these mandates, if these, uh, What will happen to these priests if they choose not to concelebrate or for the institute for saying that we will not obey it? If they're excommunicated, hypothetically speaking, will that excommunication be binding? Or what happens to these priests?
5: I think uh, that they will not be excommunicated because for this, in the canon law, there are concrete grave reasons. Maybe they would simply denied the faculties in these dioceses to publicly celebrate or to celebrate the sacraments. In some way, a suspension. But it would be, of course, an abuse of power. And to my opinion, not valid. And they could maybe not in this in that, that diocese, but in another places to go and serve the faithful or in a discreet manner. As also, let us say, there are other, other Catholic priests from other rites, let us say the Byzantine rite or the Armenian rite, Catholic priests. And when there is a priest, let us say from the Armenian rite or Coptic or Byzantine, uh, living in a diocese, and he has not his own ordinary of his rite and he's subject to the Latin bishop, I think that this Latin bishop cannot force him to concelebrate with him. He can say, I am I am not accustomed in my right to do this. And so the bishop cannot declare him that he is not in unity with him. This would be an abuse. And I think no <clears throat> Catholic bishop would dare to force a, a priest from another right, Oriental right, to concelebrate. He will respect his decision. And therefore, I think this we have to apply to the priests who are grown up in the traditional rite, where there is no consubsideration, so, uh, except the uh, ordination rite, of course.
4: Your Excellency, what is uh, what are the faithful to do in a situation such as this? Um, you know, the the news of this document dropped uh, right before Christmas. Uh, some of the faithful uh, that I know personally are are very um, well. They're very saddened by this news. Uh, what what would you offer for these people? What are they to do in this situation?
5: First, of course, we have to look all in the supernatural view. It is, we are not a party and to use human worldly means. We are believers. We are in the mystical body of Christ. And to believe that Christ is the head of the church and he is holding all the church in his hands. She is not in our hands. And of course, this is a very grievous a situation of distress, spiritual distress, and uh, these faithful and priests have to to pray to God, to strengthen their faith and confidence that God will intervene in this crisis and bring again true renewal for for the church and the the true renewal of the Holy See with strong, courageous, traditional popes. This will come because the church is the church of God. And in the meantime, they should pray that God may illuminate the Pope and the bishops to illuminate them, to, re- to return uh, to the tradition, do penance, to acts of reparation, a chain of prayers, of adoration hours. This is, these are our means. We have no other means to, uh, to, to face these, uh, these difficulties and simply to continue what they did even if it is necessary in a secret or clandestine manner, in the meantime only, because this is a short, to my opinion, a relatively short time in the eyes of God, in the church. And so I would encourage these people to, uh, how to say, not to allow you to be embittered or disencouraged, renew your, your joy in the tradition esteem more the beauty of the traditional liturgy, and transmit it to your children and to the young people. We have just a few minutes left
2: with Bishop Athanasius Schneider. Uh, That was an excellent answer. Uh, Thank you for that. In fact, one of our listeners was saying uh, they really, really feel, and many, I think many traditional Catholics feel very targeted uh, specifically by the uh, by His Holiness himself and by the Vatican right now, and they feel uh, very almost under despair. So I loved your response there to be joyful even under the difficulties. But with just a few minutes left, uh, let's switch a little bit towards Christmas, the Christmas season, which is close around the corner. Um, How do we translate this need to be in a joyful spirit to the Christmas season and not be in despair over these difficulties that are being imposed upon so many faithful?
5: Yes, because the central message of Christmas is that God is with us. The name of child Jesus is Emmanuel. God is with us, and he really became with us. Not only a man, but with us. And so He is always with us. We have to believe this since he was born in Bethlehem. He remained on this earth to console us in the holy sacrament, in the tabernacle, in the holy mass. And he is protecting us. And therefore, when we have God in our heart and let us take Jesus Christ, the little child Jesus in our heart and ask his divine blessing. For our family, for our time, and for the Church and the world. Amen.
2: Our friend Micah points out he is praying for you, Your Excellency. He really appreciates uh, all you do to bring clarity to our world. May you give us your Apostolic blessing, please.
5: semper.
2: Amen. Praise be to God. Your your Excellency Bishop Athanasius Snyder, thank you for your time today. God love you and God bless you. And that is going to do it for hour number one. Join us in hour number two if you can. We have a game show to play. It's going to be a lot of fun. Go to grnonline.com for the details. We'll be right back.
7: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired.
6: A friend of mine said that his church takes the Bible literally, but that the Catholic Church doesn't. Is that true?
7: Catholics actually interpret the Bible in a literal sense, while many fundamentalists, evangelicals, and others interpret the Bible in a literalist sense. The literal meaning of a passage of Scripture is the meaning the author of that passage of Scripture intended to convey. The literalist interpretation of a passage of Scripture is, that's what it says, that's what it means. Here's an example to illustrate the difference. If you were to read a passage in a book that said it was raining cats and dogs outside, how would you interpret that? As Americans in the 21st century, we know that the author was intending to convey the idea that it was raining pretty doggone hard outside. That would be the literal or Catholic interpretation. The literalist interpretation would be that were you to walk outside, you would actually see cats and dogs falling from the sky like rain no taking into account the popularly accepted meaning of this phrase. No taking into account what the author was intending to convey. The words say it was raining cats and dogs, so by golly, it was raining cats and dogs. That is the literalist or fundamentalist way of interpretation. Now if someone 2,000 years in the future picked up that same book and read it was raining cats and dogs outside. In order to properly understand that passage in the book, they would need a literal interpretation, not a literalist interpretation. Now, think about that in the context of interpreting the Bible 2,000 to 3,000 years after it was written. We need a literal or Catholic interpretation versus literalist or fundamentalist interpretation.
0: A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe
7: Radio Network, radio for your soul.
2: Uh, good morning. It is Tuesday, December the 21st, days away. Just you're you're just right around the corner from the Christmas season. So don't worry. You still should be under no pressure or obligation to listen to Christmas carols yet. Okay? Uh, uh, midnight Mass, it's it's fast approaching. And then let it have it, you know. You know, let it rip, is what I say. Put up the Christmas tree. Put on the uh the awkward Christmas sweater, I suppose. That's an option. Uh but either way, Advent is still for another couple days. Praise be to God. Uh, we just had a great conversation with Bishop Athanasius Schneider. He is the auxiliary bishop in Kazakhstan. And uh, we talked about this directive that came out of the CDW on Saturday of all days, came out on Saturday. And uh, a lot of people were very concerned about that. So it was a very encouraging, I would say, very encouraging conversation. And he he really emphasized the need to be of great joy and a great hope at this time of the season. So praise be to God for that. We're going to post that conversation hopefully very soon and very shortly on our social feeds, which, by the way, you can find everything linked up on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. But don't forget, some lucky Catholic Radio listener is going to drive away a brand-new Mercedes come February if you would like to possibly win a brand-new Mercedes. Well, you got to go to the website and check out the details, the rules, how to purchase tickets for the raffle, and when you can expect to get the results are all on the website at grnonline.com. Scroll down until you see a picture of a black, or I think it's called uh, Night Black, or I don't remember. It's black Mercedes GL250, two fifty, I think is what it is. That's grnonline.com. All proceeds go to benefit our radio apostolate to bring you the good, the true, and the beautiful all across the Guadalupe Radio Network. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos.
4: Good morning. And make sure to look at the clause at the bottom of the, uh, the user agreement. It says,
2: <laughs> rule number one, you have to come and
4: pick us up, take us for a joy ride. Oh, I, I brand get first new dibs. Mercedes.
2: I get first dibs.
4: I call shotgun, <laughs> by the way. Uh, so you and,
2: you and Adrian could be in the back. We should, we, uh, maybe that'd be fun. What if we did a, a Catholic drive time from the Mercedes? That would be incredible. Let's do it. <sighs> How much fun would that would be? It's <laughs> not like there wouldn't be any like technical difficulties
4: or anything like that we'd,
2: you we'd know. figure that out we'd it, hammer it out we'd it'd be fun <laughs> to do an actual catholic drive time while driving yeah hmm. that's true Let's chew on that. At any rate, <laughs> whoever wins would have to be uh, be up for doing that too. So, who knows? Maybe it's possible. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian.
3: Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is good to be in here. Despite of it all. Despite of it all. Despite uh, of all the uh, craziness going out of Rome, it's still good to be here. Praise <laughs> be to God. In spite you know, of it all. It's funny. I got that uh I was at mass on Saturday morning. And I went to mass in the at my parish and as I'm walking out the parish, because I mute my phone when I go into Mass, I turn my phone off of mute, and all of a sudden I get a flood of messages like, Did you see the letter from Rome? Oh my goodness, everything's crazy. And I'm, uh, So I li- sat there in, a, in the front of a, yeah. a statue of the Holy mm. Family and read the whole document there, and I was like, Fine, yikes, huh? big time. Yeah. We, and you wept, we'll, and I wept.
2: We'll pick up that conversation in the after show today, so stick around for that. But we're going to have a good news story for you coming up here in a moment. Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. Then we'll play our game Fear and Trembling, where you could possibly win some prizes. Now, it's a short week for us, so your last three chances are—you can get three chances today, and then your last three chances will be tomorrow, and then we pull out a name and we give out the prize. So that's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, at this time so stick around hang out with us but if you want to win you got to be our first caller at the correct time there's two ways to do that number one you wait for me to give you the phone number or number two you simply go to the website grnonline.com forward slash cdt and you look for the fear and trembling game show link And you get the phone number, you get the rules, you get all of that there. And you can call in early. You can sit on hold, and you could guarantee your your slot as uh, the first caller. But uh, just go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Let's pray. Let's dive in and get started this hour. We're going to have a great show for you this hour, and uh, we're glad that you're a part of it. So praise be to God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known.
4: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now your good news story for the day. The Blaze reports Mariah Carey says Mother of Jesus is Queen of Christmas. Pop star Mariah Carey, known for her song All I Want for Christmas Is You, has given her Christmas crown to another woman she feels is better suited to be called the Queen of Christmas. Carrie told BBC radio host Zoe Ball that she did not come up with the title Queen of Christmas and feels that the moniker belongs to the Virgin Mary, Mother of Christ. She says, quote, Can I just say I did not create the title or the moniker Queen of Christmas, Carrie explained. I did not do that. That was other people and I want to humbly say I don't consider myself that, unquote. She said on the Zoe Ball breakfast show, which aired on BBC Two on Friday. Carrie elaborated telling listeners that she did not deserve to be called the title, but that Mary, the mother of Christ, was a real queen of Christmas. Carrie's comments came after Ball lightheartedly introduced the singer to listeners by the nickname given to her by her fans, the pop star downplayed her success humbly. And let's face it, you know, everybody's faith is what it is. But to me, Mary is the queen of Christmas, she told BBC listeners on Friday. Even though Carrie is not a Christian artist, she does feature the occasional faith-based song in her albums. Carrie featured a song entitled Heavenly on her 2014 album, Me, I Am Mariah, the elusive Chanteuse," I don't know what that means. The song encourages listeners to never give up. The song also features a verse from psalm 34 18 which is of course protestant numbering which tells listeners that the lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit the christian post reported carrie's latest song fall in love with christmas keeps with her tradition of featuring christian themes or gospel artists in her music and has been quite open with her faith in crediting her relationship with God as what saved her life after having a mental breakdown in 2002, according to the Christian Post. But don't rush to canonize her just yet. You know, it's wonderful to see that even though some secularists recognize our Blessed Mother as Queen, um, you know, they're they're not, uh, well, they're not Catholic yet. So it's nice to see that they recognize her as Queen uh, through which the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. And that is good news. God love you.
3: The saint of the day? Well, I have two saints of the day. Well, maybe even three. One is the St. Thomas the Apostles today. Two is one of my favorite saints, Blessed Adrian of the 13th century. And let me give you his entire biography. A Dominican martyr, Adrian and the 27 others were executed by Muslims for confessing Christ. And that's your second saint of the day. Your third saint of the day is St. Peter Cancius, born on May 8th, 1521. And at the age of 19, he received a master's degree from the University of Cologne. I did not do that. Soon afterwards, he joined the recently formed Society of Jesus. Besides this reflective literary bent, Peter had a zeal for the apostolate. He could often be found visiting the sick or the imprisoned, even when his assigned duties in other areas were more than enough to keep him most, uh, keep most people fully occupied. In 1547, Peter attended several sessions of the Council of Trent, whose decrees he was later assigned to implement. After a brief teaching assignment at the Jesuit College of Messina, Peter was entrusted with a mission to Germany as a counter-revolutionary. From that point on, his life's work, he taught in several universities and was instrumental in establishing many colleges and seminaries. He wrote a catechism that explained the Catholic faith in a way that the common person could understand. A great need in that age. Renowned as a popular preacher, Peter packed churches with those eager to hear his eloquent proclamation of the gospel. He had a great diplomatic ability, often serving as a reconciler between disputing factions. In his letter, filling eight volumes, one finds words of wisdom and counsel to people in all walks of life. At times, he wrote unprecedented letters of criticism to the leaders of the church, yet always in the context of a loving, sympathetic concern. At the age of 70, Peter suffered a paralytic seizure, but he continued to preach and write with the aid of a secretary until his death in his hometown in the Netherlands on the December 21st, 1597, St. Peter Cancius, pray for us. As a popular preacher, Peter, packed a punch. I thought the same thing. <laughs> popular preacher, Peter, proclaimed unprecedentedly.
2: Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45. Mary set out in those days and traveled to the hill country in haste, to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped within her womb. And Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Ghost, cried out in a loud voice and said, Most blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the last hour, I talked about those parallels between this particular passage and 2 Samuel 6, uh, also passages from the book of Judges and other places, pointing to Our Lady being the Ark of the New Covenant, uh, the Mother of God and uh, Theotokos and Gibbi Ra. I threw that Gibby Ra word out there. Again, I challenge you to look that up. It is a powerful realization about who Our Lady is as Queen Mother. But the Greek expositor says it remains then that the virgin was also of the same nature with the second Adam, who takes away the sins of the world. But let those who also invent curious fictions concerning the flesh of Christ blush when they hear of the real childbearing of the mother of God. For the fruit itself proceeds from the very substance of the tree. Where, too, are those who say that Christ passed through the virgin as water through an aqueduct? Let these consider the words of Elizabeth, who was filled with the spirit that Christ was the fruit of the womb. It follows, and whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Close quote. Greek expositor. Adrian, what did you find?
3: Yeah, there's so much here. I recommend, highly recommend going and checking out Cornelius Lapid's commentary on this entire chapter. Uh, so what he, at verse 45, he says, Therefore, blessed uh, the blessed Elizabeth knew by the Holy Spirit that the blessed virgin had believed the angel when he announced the conception and nativity of Christ. Blessed art thou both in fact because thou already bearest Christ within thee, and also in hope because thou shalt bring forth him who will make thee and all who believe in him blessed in heaven. Blessed therefore art thou before God and men." Elizabeth silently censures the unbelief of her own husband. Wow, that is pretty hard-hitting right there, especially in regards to what St. Elizabeth here is, is proclaiming the greatness of Our Lady and greatness that recognizing who Our Lord is even in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary before the birth, because remember, the Incarnation happens at the Annunciation the nativity is the birth of our Lord, but he becomes incarnate, takes on the flesh of the virgin who has no flesh from a man, but receives his flesh from our lady. And that person is the blessed Virgin Mary at the annunciation. It's amazing. Cornelio Lapide also in reference to the angels says that, talks about the three angels mentioned in scripture. He said, you know, you have Michael who reigns over the prayers and offerings. You have Raphael who heals men's bodies. And then you have Gabriel, who is the strength of God presiding over the conflicts of the wars of the faithful. And he says that that Gabriel recognizing that he was a lowly in comparison to the Blessed Virgin Mary, that whenever he appeared to her, he said it's a common opinion that when he appeared to her, he did not just like come down from the heavens. But instead, he opened her for her door and walked in in that manner in order to show his humility. So he humbled himself because he recognizes even though he is the strength of God before the Blessed Virgin Mary, before the Queen of Angels, he is a lowly person. He's a lowly person in comparison to that glory of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Cornelius Lapide says that therefore he is sent to announce the birth of Christ who is to carry on a most severe war against Lucifer, and the rest of the demons and impious men's. Again, Gabriel in Hebrew means a man of God, the meaning of which is that God will be incarnate and will be a child as to nature and age, but yet he will also be a man because from the first instant of his conception, his soul will be full of all knowledge, grace, and strength, It's amazing. It's beautiful. And I think that that's one thing we should focus on today is the greatness of the Blessed Virgin Mary as Queen of the Angels. Praise be to
2: God. It is time to play our game show, Fear and Trembling, a Catholic trivia game where you don't need to know the answers and you could possibly win still. All you do need to do is be our first caller at 877-757-9424. Phone lines are open, ready to take your call now. You can be our contestant. Make that phone call, 877-757-9424. Yesterday, our caller was from California. I wonder where they will be from today. Call right now, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Fear and trembling is coming up next.
8: We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder.
2: Yet our world is full of
8: distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants
0: like to use James 2.10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin.
2: Joe McClain! Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. But before I can tell you all about my secrets and my private agendas. I have to say that we need a phone call on the line. Uh, phone lines were rebooted, so if you tried to call in a minute ago, try back right now. Phone lines are open at 877- 757-9424. If you've never called before, it's going to be fun, and I promise you you'll. it's going to be a lot easier than you think at 877- 757-9424. If it's been a while since you've played, call back eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. 877- 757-9424. That phone number is 877- 757 9424. I'll give you the number one more time 877 757 9424. But there are a few things that we like to do, and we just don't tell anybody. So you got to keep this between us. There are a few things that are of secrets and agendas. And number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you did not know before. Praise be to God. And then of course we like to have a laugh and our callers tend to be a good time. They they're they're very good sports. They laugh with us and we enjoy that a lot. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which means it's a winner for everybody involved. But if you're new here, uh, let me just explain something to you. I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, but the caller does not need to know a single correct answer, and they could still win our game. And the reason is because instead of asking them, I'm going to ask Rudy, and I'm going to ask Adrian, one of which will be correct, and the other will be incorrect. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust? And then every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? This week, our sponsor is Dennis
4: Knapp, a fellow Catholic and blogger. He's generously sponsoring the prize with uh, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's letters book, as well as a box set of The Lord of the Rings. He says he's a huge fan of Catholic author J.R.R. Tolkien. His letters offer an awesome insight into his Catholic faith and how his faith influenced The Lord of the Rings. Please check out Dennis's blog at patheos.com slash blogs slash the Latin right. And right is R I G, R I G H T. The name is a play on the Latin right combined with the perception of conservatism for traditional Catholic values and beliefs. And he says, What I write reflects my commitment to the truth taught by the Catholic Church and therefore perceived as conservative. Thank you so much for generously sponsoring our game show this week,
2: Dennis. Praise be to God. Thank you. uh, Thank you for giving us a great gift to give away to one of our listeners. We love giving stuff to them, and you make that possible. So, thank you so much, Dennis Knapp, for your generous support to us. All right, let's go to the phones. Cher, good morning to you. Thanks for being on our program. Good morning. Praise be to God. Where are you calling from, Cher?
8: I'm calling from Waxahachie, Texas.
2: Waxahachie, Texas. Praise be to God. <laughs> home, yes. home of the Great Renaissance Festival, I think, right? Or it's- well, it is. It is home of the Great
8: Renaissance Festival.
2: Yeah, amen. Praise God. I competed in the, the Scottish Games there once back in the 90s. It felt like forever <laughs> ago. But share. Uh, now, you've called in before, right?
8: I have called him before. Yes.
2: How did you do on the last time? Do you do you remember? Did you? Did...
8: You know, I actually um, won the rosary. Oh, week, the rugged rugged rosary. It was a beautiful one. I gave it to my mom. She absolutely loves it. Thanks so, God. She loved it when she was here, and I was like, "You can have it." <laughs>
2: Wow. It's her favorite one.
8: It's a really nice rosary. They're very
2: sturdy and uh, yes. um, well-made. Amen. Praise be to God. Well, that's <laughs> uh-huh. exciting, Cher. I'm glad you're calling back. It's been a while now. Uh, now, yeah. Ru- Rudy's new since the last time you've called, uh, so we're still yeah. trying to figure out how tricky he is or isn't, so you're going to have to keep a careful <laughs> ear on on Rudy there. Oh, boy. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, We've been saying that ever since we hired him. Oh, boy. But anyway, that's another story <laughs> of another day. Uh, let's play. You know the rules. You know how this works. We're going to dive in if that's okay with you, Cher? Yes, see. let's do this. We're going to start with Rudy, as is our custom. Rudy, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you sure? I'm so ready. So ready. <laughs> after, after our interview last, last hour, I'm ready. You're peaked. Okay, here we go, Rudy. Can you tell me which apostle introduced Catholicism to India? Hmm. Oh, My
4: answer for that is going to be Matthew.
2: Really? Yes. The tax collector. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, let's just see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me uh, which apostle introduced
3: Catholicism to India? To India. Okay, one of the apostles traveled all the way to India. That would be Thomas the Apostle, which his feast day is today. Really? Yep, yep. Huh. Wow. Doubting Thomas, you mean? Well, I mean, I guess. Poor guy He's Poor remembered for doubting. <laughs> yes. But yes, <laughs> not Thomas. No,
2: apparently nobody remembers him from India. Apparently not. <laughs> apparently not.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> or at least Rudy doesn't, anyway. All right, uh, Cher, here's the deal. Uh, Adrian says it is Thomas the Apostle, whereas Rudy says it is Matthew the Apostle. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Cher, what say you?
8: I'm going to go with Rudy.
2: Are you sure? Oh,
8: Oh, no! No. Well, now I learned something. (laughs) There
3: you go. Uh, Now you know. Thomas the Apostle went to 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 India.
2: Yeah, it was Thomas the Apostle. In fact, fascinating fact, when the uh, Portuguese Catholics showed up at the shores of India, they discovered Catholicism was already there. So now there are two kind of communities within uh, India one is from the Apostles origin and the others are from the Portuguese missionaries who came after so fascinating fact we all learned something new praise be to God but uh, we're gonna get you into this cup there's still opportunity here we're gonna go to Adrian uh, with this next question Adrian Uh, can you tell me probably what do the five crosses on
3: the altar represent what do the five crosses on the altar represent yeah, those represent the five sorrowful mysteries.
2: The the five sorrowful mysteries. Yes. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. let's just see here. Uh, Rudy, uh, can you tell me what do the five crosses on the altar represent? Well, they
4: represent the five wounds of Christ.
2: Hmm. Okay. Okay.
4: I mean, think about yeah. it. You're looking at the altar, I know.
2: right? Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a crucifix crucifixes right there. five wounds of Christ. Seems reasonable. Okay, here's the deal, Cher. Um, Rudy says the five crosses represent the five wounds of Christ, whereas Adrian seems to think the five crosses represent the five sorrowful mysteries. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? What say you, Cher?
8: I'm going with Rudy again. I think it's the five wounds of Christ.
2: All in on Rudy today. Interesting. Survey says... Uh, yeah, nailed it. You course. have chosen wisely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the five wounds of Christ. Praise be to God. Yeah, now the altar is a symbol of the body of Christ. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. job, Sharee. You're in for right. for one. You could win. It could be God's will. Um, you'll have to tune in tomorrow because tomorrow is the day. It's a short week, yeah. so you're gonna have to tune in tomorrow to figure out whether or not it's God's will that you should win again. But let's see okay. if we can't. Let's see if we can't get you in there for two. We're gonna try this okay. next one with Rudy. Rudy, which, yes, or can you tell me, which is the chief sacramental used in the church? Well, uh, you know, you think
4: about the gallons and gallons of holy water that they bless. You know, that's a lot of water. So I would say just by nature of having that much water, it's uh, holy water.
2: That's huh. a sacrament. Okay. So, see, so for you, it's all about volume. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Huh. Let's see. Uh, Adrian, um, can you tell me me. which, not the saint though, right? Not yet. Mm Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Which of the chief sacramentals is used in the church? Like, which is the chief sacramental used in Holy Mother Church? The one in
3: charge. The chief in yes. charge. Yeah. That would be the sign of the cross. The sign of the cross. Yes. We do that all the time. Maybe once or huh. twice or three times. Oh, or, or more. Or more. Ooh.
2: Especially if you're Orthodox. Good grief. All right. Okay. Here's the deal, Cher. Uh, Adrian said it is the sign of the cross, but Rudy says it's holy water. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? What's oh, a you, Cher? Good
8: grief. Now, I was thinking holy water. I'll have to say that was my first thought in my head when you said that. But now that he said the sign of the cross, is that a sacramental? The sign of the cross? I'm guessing the sign of the
2: cross. (laughs) Survey says. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Easy peasy. Wow. That was a close one, Cher. I was biting. That was a close one. I was white knuckling that. I was, it represents the two
3: chief mysteries of the faith: the Holy Trinity and the Passion and life and death of our of our Lord.
2: Amen. All
3: right. Yeah. Praise be to God. Sure, you did it. Congratulations. You're in for two. Thank you. Couple of curveballs
2: awesome. there, but you uh, you did very well. Praise be to Jesus. We're very grateful yes. that you called in again today. We're gonna put you yeah, on hold. You, you know how the deal is. We're gonna put you on hold. But if I don't see you, Merry yeah. Christmas to you.
8: And Merry Christmas
2: to you guys. All right. Praise be to God. That is gonna do it. For the radio side of our show, Uh, thanks for joining us today. Tomorrow, your last three chances to get in on this drawing. So uh, call early. Hopefully our phone lines, they always crash right before we go to that break. At any rate, don't forget, we're also trying to give somebody a brand new Mercedes. It could be you. You could drive away in a brand new GLA 250 come February. If you'd like more information on that, go to our website, grnonline.com. Scroll down until you see the picture of a black Mercedes. Click on that. You'll get the rules. You'll get the tickets. You'll, you'll figure it all out. It's very easy. GRNonline.com. God love you. God bless you.
7: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and
1: inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your
2: favorite Catholic
1: radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to Facebook.com.
0: The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the Chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in
2: Corpus Christi, Texas.
1: Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate Tuesday of the fourth week of Advent. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. The advent of our King our thoughts must now employ. Then let us meet him on the road with songs of holy joy. The co-eternal Son a maidens of spring sea, a servant's form, Christ putteth on to set his people free.
10: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all
1: and with your spirit
10: brothers and sisters let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries you were sent to heal the contrite of heart lord have mercy
1: lord have mercy
10: you came to call sinners christ have mercy
1: christ have mercy
10: You are seated at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. Lord, have mercy. Lord,
1: have mercy.
10: May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who for the defense of the Catholic faith made the priest, St. Peter Canisius, strong in virtue and in learning, Grant through his intercession that those who seek the truth may joyfully find you their God and that your faithful people may persevere in confessing you through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever.
1: Amen.
11: A reading from the Song of Songs. Hark, my lover, here he comes, springing across the mountains, leaping across the hills. My lover is like a gazelle, or a young stag. Here he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattices. My lover speaks, he says to me, Arise, my beloved, my dove, my beautiful one, and come. For see, the winter is past, the rains are over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth, the time of pruning the vines has come, and the song of the dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth its figs, and the vines in bloom give forth fragrance. Arise, my beloved, my beautiful one, and come. O my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the secret recesses of the cliff. Let me see you. Let me hear your voice. For your voice is sweet, and you are lovely. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Exalt you just in the Lord. Sing to him a new song.
10: Exalt you just in the Lord. Sing to him a new
11: song. Give thanks to the Lord on the harp. With a 10 string lyre, chant his praises. Sing to him a new song. Pluck the strings skillfully with shouts of gladness. Exalt Exalt you just in in the Lord. Lord. Sing Sing to to him him a a new song. song. But the plan of the Lord stands forever, the design of his heart through all generations. Blessed the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen for his own inheritance. Exalts Exalt you just in the Lord, Lord. sings to Him a new song. song. Our soul waits for the Lord, who is our help and our shield. For in Him our hearts rejoice, in His holy name we trust. Exalts Exalt you, you just in the Lord, Lord. Sing, Sing to Him, him a, a new song. song.
1: Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. O Emmanuel, our King and Giver of law, come to save us, Lord our God. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia.
10: The Lord be with you.
1: And with your spirit.
10: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke.
1: Glory Glory to you, O Lord.
10: Mary set out in those days and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
10: Today we have a living encounter with the living Lord Jesus Christ in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, in the Visitation, which is the second joyful mystery of the Most Holy Rosary and we're preparing in just a few days for Jesus to be born for us in a new and profound way where Mary will bring Jesus to us and our lives will receive the light of the world, and this world needs light. We will be visited by the Lord from on high. Now, the best way to prepare for Christmas which is the third joyful mystery of the Rosary, is really to enter deeply into the first two joyful mysteries of the Most Holy Rosary. Yesterday we heard about the Annunciation, the first joyful mystery, and Mary's humility, her availability, her docility, or her teachability, and her response of generosity. Yes, Lord. And she received the Lord. Well, that, then what did she do? Well, when you receive the Lord, you take the Lord to others. The Holy Spirit moves you to take the Lord to others, and that's what she does. She makes haste. The Holy Spirit doesn't dilly-dally. The Holy Spirit moves when it's the plan of God. And so when we receive the Lord this Christmas, or actually today in the Word of God and the Eucharist, every day of our life is Christmas because we receive the Lord, but this Christmas... Think about what the first two joyful mysteries teach you. You receive the Lord, and then you take the Lord to others. And then what should others do, or what should we do when we receive the gift of the Lord as Mary, the mother of Jesus? And since Jesus is God, she's the mother of God. What does someone who's filled with the Holy Spirit, who loves the word of God, say in the presence of Mary with Jesus Who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Who am I that the mother of God should come to me? And then there were three blessings that were given in the Holy Spirit. Blessed are you among women. Amen. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. We know that's Jesus. Amen. And blessed are you who believed that the word of God to you would be fulfilled. Blessed are you when you believe that the word of God to you will be fulfilled. Do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus is going to be born for you in a new and profound way in just a few days? Are you preparing the way of the Lord? So many lessons in the most holy rosary. We could go into the depths of today's symbolism of Mary being the new Ark of the Covenant, taking the same route in the hill country of Judea where the Ark Was found and discovered, and carry this all the way to how David leapt for joy in the presence of the Ark. How John the Baptist leaps for joy in the presence of the Ark, as Jesus is on a mission right away in the womb of Mary, to sanctify John the Baptist. And and by the way, there's absolute proof that life begins at conception. I mean, Jesus is in the womb less than one week, and John the Baptist in the womb six months. And and he's being sanctified for the mission. Jesus wants to come and sanctify us this Christmas, not just save us. Yes, he wants to save us, but to sanctify us. We're to be saints. And Mary's the new Ark of the Covenant. And you carry that all the way to Revelation 12, where Mary comes forth, you know, clothed with the sun and with the moon under her feet and the crowns of stars on her head and The final battle begins, but we know who has the victory. The king who's going to be born for us this Christmas. So the the mysteries of the rosary are so rich. Enter into them this week. The first two joyful mysteries, especially to prepare for the third joyful mystery, Christmas. And you will have the best Christmas of your life because Jesus will be born into your life in a new and profound way. But Jesus comes to us as Mary carries him to us. So ask Mary and ask Joseph to continue your pilgrimage from Nazareth to Bethlehem and for them to help you receive this great gift of God, Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh, the Savior of the world. Amen. We now stand to place our prayers and petitions before the throne of the Most Holy Trinity with faith and confidence in god's infinite mercy and love we pray for the whole church to be prepared well to receive the gift of jesus christ and to be renewed in his love we pray to the lord
1: lord hear our prayer
10: we pray for civic and government leaders to humble themselves and to bow down before the true king jesus christ and enact laws that respect life from conception to natural death we pray to the lord
1: Lord hear our prayer.
10: For the sick and the suffering, we pray to the Lord.
1: Lord hear our prayer.
10: For the relief and the release of the holy souls in purgatory, we pray to the Lord.
1: Lord hear our prayer.
10: Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son, who will be born for us in a new and profound way this Christmas. Anoint us in the Holy Spirit to be prepared to receive the gift. We ask this through Christ our Lord.
1: Amen. People look east, the time is near, of the crowning of the year. Make your house fair as you are able, trim the hearth and set the table. People look east and sing today, love the guest is on the way. Burrows be glad the earth is bare, one more seed is planted there. Give up your strength, the seed to nourish, that in course the flower may flourish. People look east and sing today, love the roses on the
11: way.
10: Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father.
1: Sacrifice at your hands, praise and glory of his name, for the good and good of all his holy church.
10: Trusting in your compassion, O Lord, we come eagerly with our offerings to your sacred altar, that through the purifying action of your grace we may be cleansed by the very mysteries we serve, Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you.
1: And with your spirit.
10: Lift up your hearts. We lift
1: them up to the Lord. Let us give
10: thanks to the Lord our God.
1: It is right and just.
10: It is truly right and just. Our duty and our salvation always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God, through Christ our Lord, for all the oracles of the prophets foretold him, The Virgin Mother longed for him with love beyond all telling. John the Baptist sang of his coming and proclaimed his presence when he came. It is by his gift that already we rejoice at the mystery of his nativity, so that he may find us watchful in prayer and exultant in his praise. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory as without end we acclaim.
1: Sanctus, 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 sanctus dominus deus sabaot. Plenis sunt et terra, gloria tua. Hosanna inex shall cease. Benedictus. Qui in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis.
10: You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. All glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom kingdom come, come, thy thy
1: will be done on on earth as it is in heaven. heaven.
10: The peace of the Lord be with you always.
1: And with your spirit,
10: let us offer each other the sign of peace.
1: An yusteii quid holy specatamundi <in> miserere <Hebrew> nobis. An yusteii quid holy specatamundi. Miserere nobis no be's an dona nobis pacem this Oh come, divine Messiah, the world in silence waits the day when hope shall sing its triumph and sadness flee away. Dear Savior haste, come, come to earth, dispel the night and show your face and bid us hail the dawn of grace. O come, divine Messiah, the world in silence waits the day when hope shall sing its triumph and sadness flee away. O Christ, whom nations sigh for, whom priest and prophet long foretold. Come break the captive fetters, redeem the long-lost fold. Dear Savior, haste, come, come to earth, dispel the night and show your face and bid us hail the dawn of grace. O come, divine Messiah, the world in silence waits the day when hope shall sing its triumph and sadness flee away. You come in peace and meekness and lowly will your cradle be all cloth and human weakness shall we your at see dear save your haste come come to earth dispel the night and show your face and bid us hail the dawn of grace oh come divine messiah The world in silence waits the day When hope shall sing its triumph And sadness flee away O come, divine Messiah The world in silence waits the day When hope shall sing its triumph And sadness flee away Dear Savior, haste. Come, come to earth. Dispel the night and show your face and bid us hail the dawn of grace. O come, divine Messiah, the world in silence waits the day when hope shall sing its triumph. And sadness flee away.
10: Let us pray. May reception of your sacraments strengthen us, O Lord, so that we may go out to meet our Savior with worthy deeds when he comes and merit the rewards of the blessed through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you.
1: And with your Spirit.
10: Benedicat vos, omnipotens Deus, Pater et et Spiritus Sanctus. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord.
1: Thanks, Thanks be, be God. to God. Are they of the,
10: of the Lord, Most
1: Holy Trinity, Holy, Most Holy Immaculate Virgin Mary? You are the Mother of God Himself. You are the Queen of all creation. You are the Keeper of Heaven's treasure. You are our help and protection.
4: who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen.
9: Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord, From hatred, fornication, and envy, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family, and every harmful friendship, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, peace i leave with you my peace i give unto you grant that through the intercession of the virgin mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always in the name of christ our lord amen
2: celebrating the culture of life this is the guadalupe
3: radio network radio for your soul
10: production of